Hey and welcome to episode 22 of Reiki Me Right called Spiritual Bypassing. What happens when we don't know it exists? I'm your host, Jane Goodsir. Spiritual bypassing was a term introduced in the early 80s by a person called John Wellwood, who's known for integrating psychological and spiritual concepts. He defined spiritual bypassing as a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds and unfinished developmental tasks. It can help to think about spiritual bypassing as being a defence mechanism to avoid doing that self-reflection work needed to grow essentially, which is a definite thing. But what happens when you don't know that you're spiritually bypassing? because you've not been made aware that this is something that even exists and you've not had an ongoing supportive pathway to learn in and from as a Nusumi Reiki practitioner so that you've got some skills, some tools, practices, techniques to help you tend to your emotional health. That applied to me too a while ago when I was a Nusumi Reiki practitioner and master. A person can spiritually bypass in a whole host of ways I've covered spiritual bypassing before from the angle of connecting with spirit, not numbing out and using that connection as an excuse to bypass doing the self-reflection work required to live a meaningful existence, feet firmly planted on the ground. But today, I'm covering spiritual bypassing from the perspective of where what you know meets how you want to feel. People will often say to me, I know how I want to feel, but I just can't feel it. I'm not feeling it. Spiritual bypassing can have a hand in that. So let me explain this with an example for context, then give you some new skills and activity format near the end of the podcast that you can take, adjust, adapt, apply in a way that works for you in your life. And here, you're working on two of the three vital key components that allow you to be a confident, non-restricted, intuitive, powerful Reiki practitioner. Let's say you have been tending to your mental health really well. You might be really self-aware. You've got good tools to help your mental body, your mental health. For more on what physical, emotional, spiritual and mental body is, you can listen to episode three. But you might still not feel like you want to feel. As an example, you might be aware that each time you go to control something, an outcome of something, pair the way you cognitively want it to be, you might recognise that your need to control is clipping in and say an affirmation to yourself like, I release this need to control and allow my guides or my higher self or the universe or whatever it is for you to guide me. You might repeat that affirmation. Affirmations are great for reprogramming your subconscious mind. This part of your brain is responsible for many things, including being in charge of your beliefs and thoughts. So essentially, you can help reprogram those via affirmations which is wonderful, a great mental body tool. But your mental body and emotional body, though part of making up the four bodies to you being a whole human, they're separate. I hear clients often refer to this as my head and my heart. I just want my head and my heart to feel like they're together, married, joined up. If you want to feel differently, it's about developing tools for your emotional health. And that's where the disjoint can come in. People saying, but I'm doing all these things that I'm not feeling any different. This can be a form of spiritual bypassing. Most often, we don't grow up in environments where we have great emotional health modelled to us. So we've got to learn how to tend to our own emotional health. You might have noticed, sticking with the affirmations example, that initially you did start to feel better. 
that might have lasted for quite some time and then it kind of plateaued, capped, even stopped. What once worked won't always keep working, especially where emotional body is concerned. Your emotional body is so closely linked to your spiritual body and a strong relationship with your intuition is born from a great connection with your emotional and spiritual bodies. So in essence, tending to your emotional body will allow you to foster a much more powerful connection with your intuition. We could apply the same here to what I spoke about last week and that is integration. Taking what you learn from meditating or on a yoga mat or in a shamanic journey and actually applying it in everyday life. That's where the change comes from. Where you start to feel the consistent ongoing benefits. But how to do that? Now I just want to add in here that I've come to learn one of the biggest causes of not integrating or not taking action, even when the tools are available to make even the smallest of positive changes that a person normally cognitively knows they should, is fear. I did a self-imposed, self-led project on fear after doing some work on fear in a module of shamanic training because I recognised quickly that fear was key. It was holding me back in so many ways. At that point, specifically from connecting with spirit in the way that I wanted to in my daily life, from fully trusting my intuition, from living that sort of connected, meaningful daily existence that I really craved, that I knew was possible. I might come back to podcast on fear more fully, but for now, the amygdala is primarily involved in the processing of memories and emotions associated with fear. Our amygdala is part of the limbic system within our brain, and it's key to how we process big, strong emotions like fear. An amygdala can be stimulated when we are faced with a perceived threat. And in this situation, it will send information to other parts of the brain to prepare our body to either deal with the situation or get away from it. This fight or flight response is triggered by emotions like fear. If you're living in a constant state of flight, fight or flight, which is highly possible because, as I spoke about in episode 16, our culture, our society is set up and ripe for that. You will find it challenging to feel the way you want to feel on a consistent basis until you come out of living in a state of fight or flight constantly. Does that happen overnight? Nope. However, if your only focus out with your regular responsibilities and responsibilities is maintaining being in homeostasis or balance, i.e. the opposite of fight or flight, and all your effort goes into that, then you will definitely start to feel the benefit. You'll be able to lessen the focus on this as well as time goes on and as it starts to just become a normal way of being for you. I still have to place focus on fight or flight, noticing when it kicks in and not being swept up by that and remaining there, dominating my thoughts, my actions, how I feel. PTSD affects the amygdala by making it overactive or underactive in response to stimulus that can remind the person of a traumatic event. When the amygdala is underactive, it can lead to disassociation. That's what a psychologist will call it. As a shamanic practitioner, I call that soul loss. I think I'll come back to podcasts on soul loss. Amygdala, other way around, overactive, 
can cause hypervigilance. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about it as a reminder of how important it is to understand and work with the five points that I gave you in episode 16 podcast on fight or flight made simple. I find that often people can be really hard on themselves, especially if they want to move forward and know cognitively all of the many ways that they want to feel and they're doing all the things and can't seem to feel the way they want to feel. It can be deeply frustrating. Or if they're having a lot of resistance to doing what they know they should be doing to help themselves, but they just aren't doing it. And there's, I talked about PTSD there, but there's truth in that for everyone. It's why I teach solid personal foundations as the first step in my shamanic Reiki pathway or in any more online courses, actually. It all stems from there. It's like layers, giving yourself the best chance and best chance and most opportunity to live the way you want to and feel the way you want to in life. But it doesn't happen overnight in a culture that wants now, wants fast paced. This tiny little bit of science is a reminder to go easy on yourself. Don't set yourself up for a fail. First thing to do is get on top of fight or flight and the rest can stem, flow from there. So today you're going to learn how to explore the emotion that you might be covering up. You're going to learn how to feel, essentially. You might do that by using an affirmation, per the example that I gave before. You might do that by using toxic positivity. So I'm going to tell you what that is because I find this is really common. Toxic positivity is the assumption by you or other people that despite a person's or your own emotional pain or challenging situation, a positive mindset should be found regardless. Have you ever posted on social media about how happy you are whilst feeling really stressed or anxious or low or down, trying to present to the world that you are all right? With toxic positivity, negative feelings are seen as bad. That is not the case. No feelings are bad. All feelings are valid. Gratitude is really important, but gratitude won't help you if you're suppressing negative feelings at the same time. You can absolutely be grateful, be having a rough day. You're also allowed to acknowledge that. A simple gratitude practice can be excellent for your overall health and well-being. However, not if toxic positivity features. You can keep that in mind when you're speaking to yourself and interacting with others. I see Good vibes only a lot within the spiritual and holistic community. That's toxic positivity. Definitely want to keep in mind on the topic of spiritual bypassing. So if you are finding yourself in a situation where you are saying things like, I shouldn't moan about how I feel because X person has it worse than me or think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts over and over. And so you're repressing what you're feeling. Here's your skills and activities. Because learning to connect with your emotional body that's so closely linked with your spiritual body is definitely a a relearning. You can pause me, you can grab a pen and a notebook just now if you want it and then come back. Step one, give yourself permission to feel the emotion that is rising within you. Anger is one most often repressed. We're taught it at school, which most of you I'm presuming we'll have gone to it and you won't have been homeschooled in the main. Happy face. Oh, excellent. Sad face. Oh, we don't want to be sad. Bo bad. Bad, angry face. We do not like angry face. Well, really, because it's a valid emotion and just because we don't like it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So how do we process anger when it comes up for us? So number one is to notice and feel the emotion that is coming up. 
that can feel very, very confronting and uncomfortable. I speak from a lot of personal experience here. To give yourself permission to express that. Now, I feel safe expressing myself now in my relationship because I've built up trust and I've learned how to. That wasn't always the case for me. And this is a huge area alone, sharing yourself with those who have earned the right. That's not everyone for me. That's those who I trust to not try and fix me or sort me, to not make whatever's going on with me about them and take it personally and more. So if you want to start expressing emotions as they come up for you and building trust with a partner, let's say, speak to them. Tell them what you hope to do. That you don't know what that might look like and it makes you very uncomfortable how or however it might feel for you and you'd, you'd appreciate their support and just being there for you and listening to you and allowing you to work through what you need to which will very much be a process if you don't feel that you can do this get a journal and write or download a voice note app on your phone I'd have gone for the voice note app because my hands would never have been able to write as fast as I needed them to when it came to emotions see where that step takes you and three allow yourself to be Find the language that allows it as well. You're not the same human every day. I believe in respectful, integrity-fueled communication at all times, but that doesn't mean happy, happy. Put a smile on it. Tell others what they want to hear to get them out of your hair. That means saying things like, I'm good today, thanks for your concern. A little lower energy, so being a bit more quiet. Or, no, there's nothing wrong. I've been finding showing up the way I normally do exhausting, so today I'm just being a bit more quiet. Those are boundary statements and statements that I once used. These will allow you to start uncovering your emotion, feeling the emotion, not hiding behind a mask to avoid emotion. You can head to fireheartedlife.co.uk forward slash 22, hit the purple button. You've got direct access to my inbox if you've got any questions or if you would like to share anything or let me know how you go on with this activity. I'd love to hear from you and I'll try to respond to everybody that, that comes into my inbox. I've put a link for you in my podcast notes to win a free spot in my upcoming online course for Reiki practitioners. It's worth nearly £300. All you have to do is fill out the survey and you'll be entered into the draw. The course itself is an online course. It's for Reiki practitioners specifically. If you are someone who feels drained, depleted or tired after working with clients, if when you're working with clients or afterwards, you struggle not to take on their energy. So that might look like you're feeling really hot or sick or just ill or afterwards, you struggle to feel like yourself again after you're finished working with a client or if going about your normal everyday life, you can't shut down to other people's energies like you're depleted doing a weekly shop or you really find it challenging being in crowded environments, for example, then I help you fix that and lots more in the online course. So you can fill out the survey. The link is in the podcast notes. I'll connect with you again next week for episode 23. Take care.